Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Conkey Ride Home for Monday, February 8th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. How the Royal Shakespeare Company is using live motion capture to animate a virtual show in real time. A case study of a California town who has this whole pandemic response thing down. A 3D printed house has hit the market in Long Island. And there's actually still more to say about Four Seasons Total Landscaping, plus some related recommendations. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. One thing I feel like I haven't spent enough time thinking about is how the pandemic will change art. Not just what kind of pandemic-themed stories we'll see and have already begun to see, but literally how it will change the medium for some things. It's something that a lot of other people have been thinking about, however, and some technologies that were previously relegated to low-budget college tinkering are starting to get their moment in the spotlight and the funding to boot. Here's one example. The Royal Shakespeare Company in England is putting on a virtual production using real-time animation created by actors in a motion capture space who will interact live with virtual audiences. So basically, they have actors in motion capture suits and facial rigging with corresponding avatars of their characters. The audience will be able to see both the actors and their characters as they move around and perform inside a virtual forest scene. And as they go about the story, the actors and audience will be able to interact. What exactly that will look like in real time, I don't have a clear sense of. But on their website, the Royal Shakespeare Company says, quote, Audience plus ticket holders take on the role of fireflies, helping to light the forest and interacting with their mouse, trackpad, or touchscreen. The actors respond to audience interaction and direction, making each performance unique. End quote. While many different groups around the world have been working on similar technology, the Royal Shakespeare Company claims to have been the first to pioneer this technology for a live theater performance back in 2016 with their production of The Tempest. In that performance, the actor who played the spirit Ariel was kitted out with sensors that were translated into live animation on stage, enhancing the magical sense of the character for audiences. As RSC Artistic Director Gregory Doran said at the time, the way the technology was being used means, quote, the actor becomes the marionette and the puppeteer at the same time, end quote. Well, now, almost five years later, technology has advanced even more, allowing them, in partnership again with Epic Games' Unreal Engine, to make more sophisticated avatars of multiple actors, plop them into a virtual setting, and allow an audience to interact in real time. The show itself is not a complete play like The Tempest was, but rather a 50-minute experience based on the world of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Led by Puck, you as the audience will explore the forest and meet other sprites and fairies from the play, working to prevent an oncoming threat of destruction. 
If you want to experience what they're calling simply dream, you can get tickets at the link in the show notes. If you just want to watch, tickets are free. You don't even need to reserve them in advance. But if you want to be a part of Audience Plus and get to interact with the performers, it's £10. And I think you may need to actually be based in the UK to participate in that. Their site checks the compatibility of your device before allowing you to purchase Audience Plus tickets. And no matter which browser, device, or VPN I was trying to use, I couldn't get mine to to be marked as compatible, so you can try it yourself, but definitely you can tune in for free if you are not in the United Kingdom. Shows are March 12th through the 20th at various times through the afternoons and evenings, so even if you're watching from another time zone, you may find one that works for you. But getting back to the technology of Dream, another cool thing that they're doing is that as you're on that journey with the fairies, if you interact or the actors change things up based on audience response, the musical score will change accordingly. Quoting again from the RSC, Dream features a symphonic score based on recordings by the Philharmonia Orchestra, conducted by principal conductor and artistic advisor Esapeka Solonin. The recordings are expanded by music created in real time by the movements of the performers. This living, dynamic soundtrack adapts and interacts with the narrative and the pre-recorded orchestral tracks. End quote. I'm super fascinated by this technology in terms of its impact on both live and virtual theater in general, but also as an interpretation of Shakespeare and other older plays. You know, so often performances of Shakespeare are set in his time with stuffy Elizabethan costumes and settings feeling so intensely old and uninteresting to many people. But Shakespeare and his contemporaries were cutting edge. They were innovators. They pushed the limits. And once he got over the paranoia of this being the devil's work, I think Shakespeare would have been really into this giant leap forward in live theatrical portrayals. RSC Artistic Director Doran thinks similarly, telling The Observer, quote, This is a 21st century reimagining of Shakespeare's play, which is giving us a completely different vocabulary of imagery. That's extraordinary. When we did The Tempest in 2016, we explored the opportunities that the digital world could give to us. I really did think then, quoting the play, This is a brave new world. There's so much opportunity out there. It's as if technology is now providing us with this amazing paint box. We have a lot of very exciting talent that can find uses for those new tools. End quote. He and his team also point out how they hope this will get younger generations interested in Shakespeare thanks to the video game-like experience and the fact that it's not the whole play, but rather just an immersive taste of the world. And maybe some kids will be inspired to go read or watch the whole play afterwards. The technology might be a bridge between generations as much as it is between isolated audiences and actors. Actor and director Brendan Bailey thinks it can go even further. He's been pushing for more institutions to focus on this kind of technology for the past five years, and one of the applications he's most passionate about? A play performed virtually not just for the audience, but for the actors, with multiple actors performing independently from multiple points around the world, but their animated avatars or even holograms of themselves being rendered together in a virtual space. With the pandemic pushing funding towards this kind of technology in a more serious way, who knows what advances we may see in the near future. The world truly is our oyster. With how much of the pandemic response has been less than satisfactory, it's nice to hear about places doing it right and think about what we can learn from them and apply to other situations and communities. 
And in the spotlight today is the University of California, Davis, whose response has been so effective they haven't just protected their campus community, but much of the surrounding city as well. Here's what they've done, quoting the New York Times. Made free coronavirus tests twice weekly with overnight results available to all 69,500 people in the city of Davis and hundreds of non-residents who just work there. It has also trained dozens of graduate students to help with contact tracing, recruited hotel and apartment owners to provide free isolation and quarantine housing to anyone in town exposed to the virus, and hired some 275 undergraduate ambassadors to combat health disinformation and hand out free masks. The university has also recently expanded campus wastewater testing into Davis and in coming weeks plans to administer vaccinations at its coronavirus screening centers and bring screening to some public school sites, end quote. They've caught more than 850 potential outbreaks since the program began in the fall, and despite Davis being home to a third of Yolo County's population, it's accounted for only 15% of the county's COVID cases. And while some universities tried to create their own bubbles and attempted various services like testing but restricted them only to the campus community, Davis has been unique in expanding to the whole town. And this is in part because many of their students are learning remotely, so they have less people than usual on campus, but also because they recognize that the sooner they can get the whole town back open, the sooner they can revive the town's economy and the university budget, both of which have taken a huge hit during the pandemic. UC Davis also benefited from starting the fall semester a bit late and watching the ways other campuses stumbled. Additionally, they had some pretty forward-thinking faculty. Quoting again, Richard Michelmore, a plant geneticist who directs the UC Davis Genome Center, urged the university to let him try to create an in-house center for coronavirus testing by repurposing a $400,000 machine normally used to identify plant DNA for agricultural breeding. Within weeks, Dr. Michelmore's lab was able to screen thousands of samples per day accurately, at low cost, and with overnight results. That set the stage for frequent, wide-scale screening of asymptomatic students and inspired health experts to propose a joint public health project with the city. End quote. And while not everyone in town is taking advantage of the testing, the ones who are have started treating it almost like an errand. Twice weekly, they go get tested, just to be safe or to enable them to spend time with others who are getting tested regularly. Hundreds of asymptomatic cases have been caught, and a few cases were caught before symptoms showed up in the patients, enabling the contagious individuals to be able to isolate more quickly and contact tracers to do their job more easily. According to the New York Times, epidemiologists say Davis has the right idea. If we truly want to reopen schools and businesses safely and soon— this is the playbook. Masks, distance, hygiene, and cheap, rapid tests to detect cases quickly. Of course, buy-in from officials on all sides and access to university-level facilities certainly helps. If you've been obsessively browsing Zillow as much as Saturday Night Live and Super Bowl commercials seem to think that we are, you might have seen an interesting listing pop up, a house claiming to be the first ever 3D printed house. Now, it's not really the first one. A number of startups have been 3D printing houses for a few years now, but this new one for sale for $300,000 in Riverhead, New York, does stand out for a few reasons. As Gizmodo explains, quote, 
Unlike many smaller 3D printed abodes, the Riverhead home was built on site rather than constructed in a warehouse and then later transported to the plot. Designed by H2M and built by Squad Inc., the Riverhead home was also constructed using Autonomous Robotic Construction Systems, or ARCs, which is a type of 3D printing tech created to help decrease build times while also increasing safety due to the need for less human workers. The relatively large, for a 3D-printed house, 1,400-square-foot abode features three bedrooms and two bathrooms, a detached two-car garage, and a quarter-acre lot, with a listed price of $300,000, which is actually reasonably affordable and well-priced compared to similar homes in the area. Squad claims the concrete produced by its ARCS tech, which is used in the home's foundation, footings, and walls, is twice as strong as standard industry requirements, which means the home should be quite durable, too. End quote. Unlike some of the more mod or tiny home style 3D printed houses, this one looks like a completely typical ranch house, albeit a new build with a slightly brutalist feel thanks to the concrete walls. And that concrete exterior isn't the nicest looking, in my opinion, although they do their best to make it look nice. And when you look at it closely, you can see the layers of horizontal lines that give away its 3D printed origins. Kirk Anderson, the director of operations at Squad Inc., says this is the future. Their ARCS technology allows them to make cheap, durable houses fast. Quoting CNN, 3D printed houses could also end up having a radical effect on the wallets of potential buyers in America. The cost of construction is 50% cheaper than the cost of comparable newly constructed homes in Riverhead, New York, and 10 times faster, said Stephen King, the Zillow premier agent who has the 3D house listing, end quote. And yes, the agent's name is Stephen King. Don't think too hard about it. We don't need to manifest a Kingsian horror plot around 3D printed homes. But if you want to learn more about this particular house or the landscape of 3D printed houses in general, Gizmodo recommends YouTube creator Jarrett Gross's videos. He keeps a finger on the pulse of all the companies working on 3D printed houses and other automated construction projects. So the Super Bowl commercials yesterday were, you know, not great, but not horrible. The commercial that Stephen Colbert and his team produced for his late night show might actually have been my favorite, even though it didn't actually air during the Super Bowl. You can watch the whole thing at the link in the show notes, but basically, The Late Show got Sam Elliott to narrate an epic-turned-hilarious commercial for a very real bookstore in Boone, North Carolina. Foggy Pine Books is one of thousands of independent bookstores around the nation that's been struggling during the pandemic. So to emphasize the plight of small businesses, Colbert produced this commercial, complete with a testimonial from Tom Hanks, to give Foggy Pine Books a bit of a boost in their online sales. But as far as actually during the Super Bowl commercials go, one of the ones that had me actually exclaiming at my TV, Whoa, they went there, was the ad for freelancer marketplace Fiverr. Harkening back approximately 350 years ago to the 2020 presidential election, Fiverr brought four seasons total landscaping to life again, showing all the different services freelancers could provide if your not-so-humble landscaping store was suddenly asked to host a press conference. In watching the extended cut of the commercial online, I noticed an extra gag that honestly turns it from, hey, decent concept, to actually funny for me. Essentially just the discovery of a mysterious fifth season. Ooh. Anyways, I bring all of this up because Fiverr's commercial is not the last we will be hearing from Four Seasons Total Landscaping. 
No, there is set to be a documentary about the small business and confusing debacle entitled Four Seasons Total Documentary. Made by Emmy-nominated director Christopher Stout and producers Glenn Zipper and Sean Stewart, the documentary is still looking for a distributor but is due to complete production this month. Quoting AV Club, According to its press release, the doc will give a first-hand account of the roller coaster journey that one well-meaning small business in Philadelphia went through when they agreed to host a political press conference in the midst of the most hard-fought American election in recent history. Here's what Stout had to say about why he decided to make the film. It's an honor and privilege to be able to help tell a story that the world has been waiting months to hear. After such a hard year, everyone needed a moment to laugh. Little did we know it would come from a press conference that took place across the street from a crematorium, down the road from a sex shop. This film is a chance to wipe the slate clean, not just for Four Seasons Total Landscaping, but for the entire country. End quote. So, I guess keep your eyes peeled for more on that one, but if you want another documentary that you can watch right now, Jason recommended this in his most recent media diet update on Kotki.org. It's called The Painter and the Thief. It's a Norwegian documentary with gorgeous cinematography about a Czech painter who befriends the man who stole two of her paintings. Full disclosure, I haven't watched it yet, but Jason gave it an A+, and said it's the best movie that he's seen in months, and holy heck, watching the trailer was a wild ride. I cannot wait to watch it. Link to Jason's media diet post with the trailer, as well as a bunch of other great recommendations, is, you guessed it, in the show notes. That is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird. I hope you had a fantastic weekend, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.